You're listening to River City Revival. This is Reverend Liz Jackson. Today's sermon is education and reality. What do fallen angels, angels, gods of myths, and saints have in common? Part 1. As always, in the description box of this podcast, you will find a link to the Lion's Tears Ministry where you can read this information for yourself and study it. That way we can work on building these gaps and becoming mankind again. Fallen angels, angels, gods of myth, and saints are one and the same, and these sermons will aim to prove the connection showing just how similar each culture's beliefs really are. The series will illustrate beliefs in other countries all over the world and how their beliefs are nearly exactly the same, just like those of the flood and creation. Every country and culture has gods, demons, angels, saints, or all of them, and we will look at these in comparison style, working to prove that we are all the same, created by the same creator, But what has caused us to stray is the worship of these entities as false gods, and this worship is rooted deep within us, yes, from the very beginning. These sermons will first introduce angels, and whether or not fallen, that is not really going to be discussed except whenever we are 100%, as Enoch only gives a few names of the fallen angels. We will then identify deities in other countries who are associated with the same rules. Remember, the names have been changed over time to help us all be at odds and hate each other and cause destruction. This ministry is about unity and working out our differences under one creator. There's no coincidences in life either. We must keep that perspective whenever we are reading and learning these series. For nothing happens by chance. Yes, we get lucky once in a while, or as I say it, blessed by our creator when we are least expecting it. As I know our angels who are sent to us by Abba Yah guides us and protects us at his will. That is their job. So does it, doesn't it make sense that over time, one becomes fond of those who were created to guide us in life? Then the fondness easily turns into idolatry. And that, my brothers and sisters, is where people fall into sin. So to understand these sermons, we also need to understand... Um, Everything stems from a Hebrew background. We prove that Hebrew, Paleo-Hebrew, I must be specific because Paleo-Hebrew is older than anything else that we have found. There is evidence of that, so let's just keep that in our, in our minds, okay? First, we're going to talk about Aztec and Ancient Hebrews. Stories of Emancipation, Aztec and Israelites from tabletmag.com. Yet it was only recently in an article by the Mexican Jewish historian Enrique Krauss that it dawned on me that these two stories actually collide in a sense into one. According to Krauss writing in the prestigious magazine Lestris Libris, 
in 2010, the stories of the Israelites and the Aztecs were so similar that the Spanish priest Diego Duran, one of the first chronicles, chronological, one of the first chronicle person to write history of the new world and according to some historians a crypto jew himself went so far as to assert based on what he heard from the aztecs that they were descendants from jews like many chronological whatever that word is doran thought that the exodus was a historical fact that the indigenous people of the americas were connected to the biblical tribes this is not a symbolic interpretation Duran really believes, or seems to believe, that the Aztecs had Hebrew lineage, writes Krauss. The story of the Aztecs' exodus was the ultimate proof of a common background. In the most famous book, The History of the Indians of New Spain, Duran goes as far as to state dubiously that the indigenous tale of expulsion also included a scene of parting waters. In fact, he is so keen on drawing connections between the Aztecs and the Jews that he even frames Aztec idolatry in Jewish terms. What really forces me to believe that these Indians have Hebrew lineage is their strange persistence in not letting go of their idolatries and superstitions. They part and come back again to them just like their ancestors. David said in Psalms 105 that the Jews would first ask God's clemency and forgiveness, yet as soon as they felt lost, they would go back to idolatry and to sacrificing their sons and daughters to demons. And that is, in fact, what the Aztecs were known for, was their child sacrifices. Um, next, we're going to move on to ancient Chinese history in the light of Genesis. This is by Hiro Maknak Damshin from orthodox.cn. And again, all links will be provided. Note, this is a three-part article submitted by Hiro Maknak Damshin um, from St. Herman of Alaska Monastery in Platina, California, um, written in... 2004, and it states the earliest account of religious worship in China is found in the Xu Jing Book of History, a book of documents, the oldest Chinese historical source. This book records that in the year 2230 BC, the emperor Shun sacrificed to Shagdi, that is, he sacrificed to the supreme god of the ancient Chinese, Shagdi meaning supreme ruler. The ceremony became known as the border sacrifice because at the summer solstice, the emperor took part in ceremonies to the earth on the northern border of the country. And at the winter solstice, he offered a sacrifice to heaven on the southern border. The emperor, as the high priest, was the only one to participate in the service. The ceremony began of old in the beginning. There was the great chaos without form and darkness. The five elements had not begun to revolve, nor the sun and the moon to shine. In the midst thereof there existed neither forms for sound. Thou, O spiritual sovereign, comes forth in thy presidency, and first didst divide the grosser parts from the pure. Thou mayst heaven, thou made earth, thou made man. 
All things with their reproductive power got their beginning. This recitation praising Shagdi as creator of heaven and earth sounds surprisingly like the first chapter of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 2. The next little bit I am going to read to you, as a side note, FYI, will correlate with what we learned in our Noah Divides the Land series. So let's continue. So in the earliest records of Chinese religion, we see that the people worshipped one God who was creator of all. We also see that the original people of China looked at Shangdi with a sense of love and a feeble feeling. The emperor continued his prayer, Thou hast vashved Odi to hear us, for thou regardest us as a father. I, thy child, dull and unenlightened, am unable to show forth my dutiful feelings. Remember at the Tower of Babel, when God confounded the languages, the people began to be scattered about the earth again. The Tower of Babel incident occurred about 200 are 2247 BC, and it is soon after this point that Chinese history begins. The original people of China were undoubtedly a group of people of own unknown number who traveled to China from Babel. It's possible that most of the people living in China today have descended from this original group. From the Bible, we know that Noah lived 350 years after the flood. So the founding of China's first dynasty occurred while Noah was still alive. The first people of China could have heard about the creation, the fall, and life before the flood from Noah himself. And Noah, as we have said, could have learned about these things through one or at more two intermediaries from Adam himself. This gives us an idea of how close we, the first Chinese people, were to Adam. So again, my brothers and sisters, we learned in Noah Divides the Land series that Shem got China. So yes, there were people after the flood in China. And this man proves that with his research. So again, my brothers and sisters, Jubilees, Yasher, Enoch being proved. And I'm not even doing it, but the Lord God is. There are so many people out here right now hungry for the truth and to wake up knowing who we are is a beautiful feeling. We cannot continue to hate each other. Did you know the Philistines in the Bible are the Minoan civilization of Crete? And Crete is where Greek mythology originated or is believed to stem from Crete. And it is evolved from stories told from about 300 to 1100 BC. So guess what? We're back to our timeline that we had in our Noah Divides the uh, Land series. A moon on Monday, again, means year of the world and is the accurate time. It states creation at zero, which equates 410 BC. So sometime 
after the flood or after creation, you know, the Greeks came about. It states in Jubilees, yeah, sure, the Bible, that people began to go away from God as man began to multiply. Their hearts and minds became evil continuously and worshiping other gods. Gods, excuse me, this fits that timeline. So I have a screenshot of a PDF, again, I found online that gives us the same timeline that I came up with and Noah divides the um, land series, and I will have that link for you. But I did not know the Minoans and the Philistines were the same until I did this study. So if you knew that, more high five, or as my daughters say, Wi-Fi, um, since we're through Wi-Fi, y'all. Um, Crete is mentioned in the Bible under another name, and we must remember names have been changed over time to hide who we really are. So, Kaftor is the Hebrew word for Crete, and that is what it means. And it is used only three times in three verses of the Old Testament. And that is Hebrew word H3731, Kaftor, if you want to look it up in your lexicon. You find um, Kaftor or Crete in Deuteronomy 2.23, Jeremiah 47 verse 4, and Amos 9 verse 7. So what does the Bible say about the Minoan civilization? This comes from BibleTools.org. BibleTools.org states, um, however, note that the Calcium are divided into the Philistines and Kaftorium. In fact, the Philistines are frequently identified with Kaftor or Crete. Um, it is the Hebrew name for at least the island of Crete and perhaps for the whole Aegean Sea. Again, Amos 9-7 and Jeremiah 47-4. verse 4. Now, let us look at some supporting archaeology that um, Nasarim.org had on their website, and I took um, a screenshot of that. That, again, will be included at the end of the sermon. So we have um, writing from Minoan Miocene Greek tablet is stated 18 to 1544 B.C., um, and they prove the Philistines Hellenic Miocene Greek pottery has long evidenced some previously unknown Philistine connection to the Minoan Greeks. Only recently, however, <coughs> excuse me, genetic research complemented by humanities archaeologists recent excavations has surpassed pottery-based conjectures to clarify the Miocene's not Arabic roots of the Palestine of Philistines' previously mysterious origins. It continues to state these scientific findings have been oculated by the unprecedentedly audacious wave of contra-reality political claims of modern Arabia are the Palestinians, but now there's DNA to, you know, and genetic research that 
states otherwise. So once upon a time, it was believed that the Philistines were the Palestinians. Totally not the case. Genetic research has proven the Philistines are the Minoan Greeks. Again, it's important to understand Crete as this is where the origins of Zeus and the Greek gods come from. It would be easy to teach something from memory in a new perspective, thus turning angels into gods. And when we look at this perspective, the destruction of the Minoans falls into the timeline of Abraham entering into Canaan and the Exodus, as well as the origination of Greek mythology. So next question is, when did the Minoan civilization perish? Originally, it was believed that the eruption of a volcano took place in 1450 BC when the Minoan civilization perished. But newer findings and theories set it somewhere between 1627 BC and 1600 BC. The cosmonic event of the eruption has perplexed historians for years. But we also need to look at this perspective as well. We need to remember when we discussed, as it was in the days of Noah, how the entire land was evil and people began worshiping the angels and turning against our creator. Let's refresh our memory back to Jubilees chapter 5 verses 1 through 2. And it came to pass when the children of men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the angels of God saw them as a certain year of this jubilee, that they were beautiful to look upon, and they took themselves wives of all whom they chose, and they bare unto them sons, and they were giants. And lawlessness increased on the earth, and all flesh corrupted its ways, alike men and cattle and beasts and birds and everything that walks on the earth. All of them corrupted their ways and their orders, and they began to devour each other, and lawlessness increased on the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of all men was thus evil continually. So then Abiyah sends the flood. So the timeline of Greek gods falls within the flood story as well. You can ask how did things continue to be evil after the flood, but I will redirect you on how evil survived after the flood, which is already a sermon. So you have two possible timelines for when the Minoan civilization perished. And if you have been following and keeping, you know, track a little bit, all of this is, you know, fallen within at least one time frame or another. So these are just some of the cultures we will talk about when we discuss more in the next several sermons. And I'm very excited to share this information with you. We must remember that no matter what, we're all brothers and sisters. That is what God has said. God said, love your neighbor as yourself. So regardless of cultural differences and belief because religion has oh religion is the root of all evil i believe not money it's all about intention but religion has been the biggest divide 
And it's time to say no more. The internet can be your friend. It can be your foe. Again, depending on intent. But if you choose to seek out knowledge, because knowledge is power and information is liberating, education is the premise of progress in every society and in every family, you are willing to do the work and grow. We cannot just sit here and continue to let this world devour itself while we are called to be the light to the world. There are things you know that I do not, just like there are things I know that you may not. And that's okay. But if it is knowledge that is meant to build us and uplift us, then we need to be sharing that knowledge with each other. And when the Lord God told me to start this series, I was really, really excited. And there's a lot of things that I did not know that he has showed me. And I will give you a sneak peek into the next episode real quick. Because I don't know if you know where did I put it. Let's see. That there is an angel named Layla. And she is the angel of childbirth. And throughout our many civilizations, there's a god of childbirth. There's a saint of childbirth. But it all circles back to the same thing. They are all the same. So in our next episode, that is where we're going to start, is in the beginning with childbirth, because that is how we all got here. I do have a segment that I will give after this one on childbirth and the spark of life, a little bit more in-depth information on our Messiah. And I'm super excited to deliver these sermons to you coming soon. So please stand by and let's do this. Let's make these bridges and loopholes and just hate go away. The more we learn, the less we can use as an excuse to not get along with each other. As always, it's never goodbye. But I'll see you later.